The reading is from James chapter 1, beginning at the second verse. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for um, bringing Kathy back to us today. And Lord, we pray that we will have hearts to hear her speak your word. Lord, bless her as she brings what she's prepared to us. And Lord, may we leave here more aware of your presence and changed by you. Amen. Thank you, Asha. Good morning, everybody. I've just done this talk at the, the nine o'clock service, so you're, you're getting the, the rehearsed version. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I started coming to Christchurch when I was 17. I was part of quite a large youth group that was here at the time and uh, met my lovely husband. Got married here, walked down this aisle, knelt here. 
uh, fantastic place. So this church holds the best memories for me. It's like coming home in many ways, so it's a real privilege to be here. But equally, you're all a bit scary, (laughs) because I still feel like I'm 17, which you'd think is a good thing. (laughs) It's not always. (laughs) Um, When I was praying about what today's theme was going to be, God in his humor said to me the word, great expectations, no pressure. (laughs) Uh, And for me, uh, well, obviously I'll go on to talk about what that means for me, but initially I thought, do you know, it's really scary coming back here. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people who are a lot further down the road to spiritual maturity than me. Uh, some of you were my youth leaders. <laughs> some of you are my family. Um, so I'm feeling the pressure. But expectations, great expectations. What does that conjure for you when I say those words? Maybe you go straight to thinking about classic literature. Charles Dickens, Great Expectations. Maybe you feel really inspired by the thought of Great Expectations. God's got something great. My future's brilliant. I'm inspired. I'm motivated. Or maybe you think, Great Expectations. Have you seen my life? (laughs) Maybe, like me, you can feel a bit defeated before you've even begun. Because the weight of expectation can be a burden, can't it? I feel like I wear a million hats, and hats don't even suit me, <laughs> but I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a, a so many things, and the weight of expectation can grind you to a halt before you've even begun, haven't you? I can't it. So today, we're going to look at what James tells us about perseverance through the trials and why that is important. Now, as Ursula mentioned, I'm going to be doing the talks at the weekend away, which is really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. Yay! (laughs) Um, And we're going to be spending a a lot more time exploring these kind of themes there. But I'm really keen that those people that aren't going to be at the weekend away, there is something in in this for today. It's not looking forward to November. There's something for today. Our Heavenly Father is here with us, and he wants to speak to us whether we're booked onto the weekend away or not. (laughs) So let's dive in. Where are we? So James writes this letter. I was talking about this in in the nine o'clock and saying I'm really entertained because he starts this letter. He doesn't beat around the bush. To the 12 tribes scattered around the nation's greetings. And then he dives straight in with, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's no way to start a letter, is it? <laughs> You'd start with, you know, how the kids are doing, what the weather's like, hope you're doing well. You'd kind of, you know, warm up the crowd, wouldn't you? But no, he's straight in there, not beating around the bush. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. <sighs> Who's, is that anybody's favourite verse? Let's be honest. It's not my go-to. <laughs> Now, I'm going to stick with the slightly Dickensian theme of great expectations, if you'll forgive me, just because um, I'm not a literary buff at all, but I am a massive fan of the Muppets Christmas Carol. And I just think Kermit does it better. (laughs) Uh, But obviously, you'll all be familiar with the concept of uh, this Scrooge, and he's visited by the spirit of Christmas past, where he gets to look back at his history, the spirit of Christmas present, where he looks where he is now, and the spirit of Christmas to come, where he looks to the future. And that's the framework we're going to hang our thoughts on today. 
So, the spirit of Christmas past, trials and temptations. All of us here have faced trials, haven't we? If, if you haven't, then, you know, tell me how you've done it. <laughs> we have all faced troubles. We have all got our own stories, don't we? Now, um, my car, I've got a really old car. It's 15 years old. It's old and faithful. Fantastic. Love it. And uh, up until recently, it has, fa- it has passed every MOT without fail. This week, it was due its MOT, and we knew that it wasn't going to get through. So inevitably, the call comes, we answer the phone, the mechanic says, your car's fine, but the headlights, the glass on the headlights, the sheer presence of being in the wind for 15 years and facing all of the weather of your car driving through has dulled the glass and the light that's inside can't be seen. My headlights don't shine as bright as they could. So, I mean, to be fair, I got off lightly with an MOT there, hey. (laughs) But I thought, I know how my car feels. (laughs) Sometimes we just feel like the effort of life has just taken the shine off, doesn't it? And we feel like we're gazing through almost like clouded vision, like cataracts. It's It's the car version of that, basically. Because life has taken the shine off. And you know, we can stay like that because God in his grace lets us stay like that. But what he really wants is to meet with us and make our vision clear. And that's exciting, isn't it? So it might be that trials from the past have left us feeling disappointed. I'm, I will plan all sorts of things and then they don't happen. And sometimes we're just defeated, aren't we? You can be disappointed. You can feel exhausted from the effort You can feel guilty about letting people down. So where does the joy come in? It's pretty depressing, isn't it, up to now? (laughs) Where does the joy come? Consider it joy. Well, here's where the joy comes. If we skip to Romans chapter 5, we read these beautiful words. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. That little word, hope, that is why perseverance is important. If we haven't got enough hope in our lives, it's because we haven't got enough perseverance in our lives. They're so joined. And James knows that. And he's saying, rejoice when you're going through it. Because you're going to get stronger. God is going to refine you and draw you closer to him and you will find joy. And we're going to spend a bit more time at the weekends away looking at the process of uh, that refining fire and what that might mean. Uh, but for today, let's focus on the hope. The hope. Now, uh, so it might be that looking back at your spirit of Christmas past, at your past, you feel defeated, disillusioned, worn down. It might be... Because James talks here, it says, uh, let perseverance finish its work that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It might be that you have had a long and fabulous Christian journey. There are a lot of people in this church who have been saints and they have got the most amazing, rich wisdom, which is gold, isn't it? And we don't appreciate that so much. 
somebody that's that walked the walk and taught the talk and been part of this church's history for gener- not generations but decades that's beautiful isn't it but can I share that one of the hardest things one of the biggest stumbling blocks to the mature Christian one of the biggest stumbling blocks is those rose-tinted glasses those rose-tinted spectacles. It's really easy for me to fall into this because when I was part of this church, I left 10 years ago, when I started coming, well, I can look back and remember it being very different to how it is now. But it's not real, is it? Our rose-tinted glasses are distorted. And we can spend so long grieving for what's gone before that we're not looking forward. Perseverance is active And if we're so busy reliving the glory of yesteryear, we're just freewheeling, aren't we? And it's really, really hard lesson to learn to not just keep pining for the good old days. Because the good days are here. We just need to be able to see that. (laughs) Now, I'm not belittling anybody's journey. But I'm just saying that God is here today and he wants us to be forward-facing. Which brings us on... So the Christmas present. (laughs) Where are we now? And what does that mean for right now? Well, I was listening to Radio 2, uh, and they have the pause for thought bit, which is always on as I drive to work. And uh, a few days ago, when we were celebrating the anniversary of the D-Day landings, they shared this story about a soldier. Now, this guy had survived the Battle of Dunkirk. He'd seen horrendous things. He knew the full horror of war, and he knew the worst of humanity. This young lad uh, was given leave and he went home and he married his girlfriend. And and then we picked the story up. He was just leaving New Haven docks on a boat and he got back on a boat and he was heading across the English Channel to Normandy. And uh, they interviewed this this chap because he survived, spoiler. (laughs) He lived a long and happy life with his wife. (laughs) But they interviewed this chap and he said he was on that boat wondering if his wife was about to become a widow, sailing out across the sea. And they said, why did you get back on the boat? And do you know what that man said? He said, because I was obedient. I was obedient and I had hope. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That's courageous obedience. This man was not naive. (laughs) This man knew horrors will never know. And yet he was courageously obedient to get back in the boat. And he knew something about what James was talking about. In verses 5 and 6, If anybody of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who generously gives to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. This guy didn't doubt. Well, he didn't allow his doubts to get to him, did he? He got on the boat. Because... And this is where we can be similar. He knows that blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. The crown of life. What better reward is that? The Lord has promised to those who love him. Courageous obedience is born out of hope, which we get through perseverance. 
Now, it might be in the now that you're feeling quite disillusioned with church, with life, with everything. And so many people fall away from church, don't they? Because they, they love God, but they can't cope with the church. And I, that's heartbreaking. That is just heartbreaking. But what they need to grasp is, and I said this at the nine o'clock, the good news is God is not an Anglican. It's like the best news ever, isn't it? <laughs> God's not an Anglican. He's not a Baptist. He's not a Methodist. God can't be contained by our earthly structures and, and stuff like that. If God walked in as a human man at the back, as a stranger, he'd still have to have a DBS check before he could go out with the kids. He'd still have to be on the electoral roll before he could be on PCC. <laughs> isn't it hilarious? Because of who we are, we need structures in place. We need structures, safeguards, all of that stuff. But you know, the sadness is, is we put those, save those structures around God, around our expectations of who he is and what he's going to do. What would the church look like if there was no agenda in our prayer? If we could just say, here I am, Lord Jesus, fill me. Full stop. That's exciting stuff, isn't it? I think it is. Do you know, I'm not knocking the Church of England because they pay my husband's wages. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But God Almighty is uncontainable. And I think sometimes we need to repent for not having expectations of God. For not coming, expecting God to do something amazing. For being content to just sit and look through our glazed little windows. Think about how good it was last year. And come and go, yes, Lord, fill me. <laughs> God's not containable. Come on, people. <laughs> Don't limit God. Accept more. And none of this, well, look, I'm a planner. I am a planner. I will have ten different scenarios, and they all are like Armageddon. I, well, I like a disaster movie. So if something's happening, I've worked out best strategies for everything. I've planned it. I'm a planner. <laughs> That's what I do. But God wants us to choose us now, not when we're ready, not when we've ticked off all our little lists of things, not when we feel educated enough, successful enough, gorgeous enough, whatever. <laughs> God wants us now. I was sharing earlier, uh, about 18 months ago, I developed sepsis and I was really poorly in hospital. And um, I've, <laughs> I'm also quite a drama queen. <laughs> so, you know, I was dying. <laughs> and I was lying in my bed feeling just a disappointment. I was disappointed in myself. You know, that weight of self-expectation. Oh, I hate that one. I was disappointed in myself, not because I got sepsis, <laughs> but just because of where life had taken me. And, uh, and I knew God had been asking me to do something, but I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I will. Hold up. Let me get this done. Let me get that done. Let me do this. And then I'd like to do that. And then afterwards, I'll, you know, we'll get onto your thing. And I was lying in bed thinking, do you know this, this might be the end. I am at my lowest point. There is nothing in me worth, you know, and I just whispered this little phrase to God and I kind of went, Fine. <laughs> really graciously. <laughs> Fine. I'll do that thing. <laughs> and 
No, I didn't jump up healed and lead 10 people to Christ on my way out the ward. (laughs) But since that day, I have been on a personal level trying to stop my knee-jerk reaction and say yes to God. Yes. Not in a minute, not like when I've done that, not like when the kids have all just... Yes. And that is an exciting place to be. You know, in uh, uh, the churches in Leek, where my husband's a vicar, you'll be amazed. There'll be nobody like this in your congregation. (laughs) There's the odd person I don't really like. And I'm the vicar's wife. Strike me down. (laughs) And and I mean, I know I'm, you know, preaching, so you've no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) There are difficult people, aren't there, in life, in our churches, in our worlds. And God spoke to me really clearly recently. Uh, there's uh, in Leek at the moment, uh, in our present, there's a big restructuring of the team of churches, the six churches, and they're talking about restructuring the parish. And I won't go into details, but it's painful. It really is. And I don't know how to pray. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, bless those churches because I want you to do it like this. I need you to fix it in this time scale. I need them to be so repentant that they come and beg my forgiveness. I need to feel righteously, whatever. <laughs> I need this, 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 and this. <laughs> it's not the way it works, is it? Do you know, God spoke to me really clearly about these situations, about the churches in Leek, about people I struggle with because of my limitations in my life, in my church, about... Uh, A friend of mine is going through a terrible life situation. I have no wisdom. I don't know how to pray about it. God gave me this little pearl of wisdom. All I need to do is say, pour out your spirit on that person. Pour out your spirit on that person. Fill them so full of you that the light casts out the darkness. Pour out your spirit on that person. Full. Stop. Now that seems obvious, doesn't it? Can you imagine? But the church leaders in Leek, when I am sick to death of my own husband, (laughs) again, no one's ever been there, have they? (laughs) When I am sick to death of my own husband, rather than, well, no, let's face it, I do whinge, but (laughs) God challenged me to say, just pray for him. And so I just say, Lord, pour out your spirit on Matt. Fill him so full of you that the light casts out the darkness. Fill him so full of you. And I've been really burdened to pray for the leaders of the churches in Leek, and I'd really encourage you to do the same for Peter and for the leaders of the churches in Leek, uh, in, in Baston Hill and Shrewsbury, because what would our church look like if the whole congregation, every time they got cross with that leader, every time they didn't live up to the unfair expectations that we've placed on them... <laughs> Because let me tell you, it is hard to walk in somebody else's shoes. (laughs) Every time we feel like that, we need to come before our Father and say, Lord Jesus, pour out your Spirit on that person. Fill them with your Spirit to overflowing. No agenda. No agenda. And you can add, because I like this one, give them that moment each day where they have the stillness to gaze upon your majesty. 
What would our churches look like if our leaders were so blessed? What would that look like? So we've got a choice, as I said. God is gracious enough to leave us gazing through our scratched lenses, glorying in yesteryear and all of that stuff, getting held up and hung up over our past failures and disappointments. He will leave us like that because he is gracious, not because he wants to. Or, not belittling anybody's journey, right now, in the present, here, he wants to wipe the slate clean and move us forward. Now, moving forward, the spirit of Christmas to come. Well, you know what I mean. Do you know, in verses 17 and 18, James writes this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. What are we scared of? What are we scared of? Every good and perfect gift is from above. How can my plans for the future top that, frankly? Do you know, when Jesus told the disciples to go, he said, go and take nothing with you. He's clearly never seen me pack. Clearly. Give me a case. I will get everything into that case. Everything. But he wants us to trust to him. When he called Noah, he said, build an ark. I mean, take a step back for a minute. That's nuts. Isn't that nuts? How stupid did Noah look? If it was me, I'd have been like, well, all right, but seriously, I need a 10-year plan to know how this is going to turn out, because otherwise I'm going to put my eggs in some other baskets. Thank you. <laughs> but no, Noah just did it. He trusted. He didn't contain God with clauses. He didn't get all British on him. <laughs> he didn't say, God, I want you to do this because... Dot, 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 dot. He just said, all right, here I am. And looked like a nutter, let's face it. Because <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? No, we didn't fail. But we, we will fail in the future. We just will. That's, that's a given. But our hearts, if we are obedient, will still be changed through perseverance. And our character will grow and we will know hope. And this hope is what keeps us going. Now... It's really hard, as I mentioned earlier, to walk in other people's shoes. <laughs> and moving into the future, maybe it might be that God just speaks to us and lets us know that actually we have been putting unfair expectations on other people. We've been wanting them to meet our agenda and conform to our, how we want them to be. And, you know, God wants us to move forward without taking all that with us. So maybe today... The message of perseverance is leaving that stuff behind. And it's not chasing people around with a pair of shoes that don't fit them. <laughs> Maybe that's what it looks like today. You know, um, praying that prayer, that simple full stop prayer without an agenda, moving forward what's going on with Brexit? I've got no idea. I don't know how to pray for our country. I don't have the words. But what I can say is, Lord Jesus, pour out your spirit on our leaders, 
on our politicians, fill them so full of you that the light casts out the darkness. That is a powerful prayer. That is a powerful prayer. And if more of us did that, maybe God would change our hearts so then we wouldn't go down, go around tearing these guys down, these men and women down. Because isn't the media brutal? Pour out your spirit on these people, but bringing it closer to home in our church, those people that we struggle with. Pour out your spirit on that person. Let them be so full of your spirit that the light casts out the darkness. And through that, God in his transformative graciousness will change our hearts because that's who he is. And we will be more united. But the real kicker, moving into the future, is can we, with open hands, in full acceptance of where we've been, full acceptance of that, but can we, with open hands, say, here I am, Lord Jesus, fill me with your spirit, let the light cast out the darkness. Take me, I am yours. Full stop. That is a brave and bold spiritually mature prayer to pray isn't it it really really is now i want to finish uh whilst we were we were worshiping early earlier i really heard god say that um and i say this with love because i love this church i really felt that god was saying do you know the time for grieving is over and i say that with love and i know many stories of what people have been through the time for grieving is over behold i am doing a new thing behold i am doing a new thing today is about hope there is nothing we have gone through that god cannot use for his glory isn't that beautiful so just as we finish um i'd like if you happy to close your eyes All I'm going to do is pray and then read some words from Romans. But uh, whilst your eyes are shut, I've written some home group notes. And this is a little thought at the end of those. I've put, we need to recognize that regardless of our past successes and failures, maturity is surrendering control of our future to God. Our past and current trials can serve as building blocks rather than stumbling blocks if we have the courage to give God an open hand without adding our own list of addendums and clauses. Can we choose courageous obedience today? Now there's these words from Romans chapter 15. Verses 13, and just, just let these words just rest in your spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him for the now. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, those words are beautiful, aren't they? And just as a little postscript, uh, the the reading from James was about uh, trials and temptations, and and it says that God doesn't tempt us, which is absolutely true. But we have a really weird concept of what temptation is, don't we? Very often uh, it comes along with cartoon images of Satan, (laughs) and uh, uh, I'm tempted by cake and chocolate and just about every bad thing for me. But that's not what God's talking about this morning. 
God's got a special word for us this morning. And you know, back at the beginning when Eve was tempted, she wasn't tempted by delicious looking fruit on a tree, was she? She was tempted by the need for power and the need for control. And I find that really uncomfortable. (laughs) Do you know, writing this talk has been a nightmare for me. (laughs) Tempted by power and control. I need to control my future. Hands up, that's how I'm tempted. I need to control that stuff. And God's working on me to say, no, you don't. Just, Just be you and say yes to me. And I think that's a really special word for some people here today. Whether your temptation is control or power, whether you're tempted to be overcome with being judgmental against other people, whether you're tempted by the constant craving for affirmation, you know, let's leave behind these childish images of temptation because Satan's cleverer than that, isn't he? But we have a God who is uncontainable and is waiting to meet with us today, and is longing to wipe those lenses clean and to move us forward. So that's where we are today, people. Perseverance is active. It's not freewheeling. So we'll take some of that with us. And we're going to look at a lot more about this at the weekend away. Uh, But yeah, my prayer is that uh, we'll just pray again. Lord Jesus, I pray that the words that I've spoken today that are of me will be blown away in the breeze. This is all about you, Lord Jesus. We're here for you. And Lord, I ask that by the power of your spirit, your words would rest in people's hearts and that we would have the boldness to be changed by you and not be contented to stay as we are. Amen.